Amen, amen, amen. Wabari, wabari wishemwe. Amina, 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 Reverend. For Evelyn, leading us through uh, in the course of this night. Yes, hi everyone. Uh, praise the Lord, Mkamasimwe. And we we bless the Lord for, for the protection and for the favor, for the provisions, for the sustenance. And let's pray as we share through God's word. Father Lord, we thank you because you are faithful. Thank you for the ministry that you have had in this night for grace who led us in the worship. By the time we began at 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 9.30, Lord, we want to thank you uh, that you used her. We thank you uh, for, for Reverend Ben, and we thank you for the, the message you shared with us. We thank you for everyone that has led in intercessions, Amon, uh, Professor Lizzie, and the rest. Lord, we exalt your name. Thank you for every man and woman that has sacrificed to be part of this overnight. My Lord, my rock and our redeemer, I pray that you will reward everyone that has sacrificed every moment for you. Lord, your servant David understood this and the psalmist noted that better is a day spent in the house of the Lord than a thousand days spent elsewhere. I pray to you, Father, that you will come and speak to our hearts tonight. Spur us into a, a heart of faith and give us the, the, the faith that we need uh, and the anointing and the, the scriptural knowledge to overthrow the satanic gangs around us. Lord, take away every spirit of sleep and slumber, but Father, instead, return us to your throne your mind and to your holy will in the name of Lord God the Father, Lord God the Son, and Lord God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Overthrowing the Satanic Gang. My name, I'm Reverend Anthony Kamkama Mogasha. I'm a married man. Uh, my wife, Dokas Atire Kamkama, sends you greetings. Yes, our children. Uh, I remember was Esther, Akumorora, Deborah, and Aimusia Joshua, they greet you. And Chembo Fortunate, the child we are supporting, uh, we have adopted. She's in senior one. Uh, we, we thank God that he cares about us, dear friends. And uh, this night, uh, we want to go through a topic overthrowing the satanic gang. I want to begin by appreciating the leadership of the cathedral, the provost, assistant provost, and all the clergy, the church council, the ushers, and all the ministers, both ordained and lay ministers. And the leaders of this overnight, our coordinator, we thank you. Uh, may the Lord remember each one of you. Uh, may the Lord bless us. And I want to ask us that may the Lord help us that we can sit at dining tables for a while and or in our sitting rooms or at some coach at your veranda. Because if you choose to be in bed and listen, the temptation of putting the bed sheet over, to over put it, put it over, it will be high. So overcome that temptation by staying some meters away. 
from from the bed. Uh, if you can access some coffee tea, please do. If you can access some a glass of of of, of cold milk or, or water or juice, please do. At my table here, I see a small glass of of uh, watermelon juice. It's small. I need another glass. So please let's uh, have some moment and share through overthrowing satanic gang. And of course, it is being supported by the portion of scripture, which is from Joshua chapter 10, uh, picking it from verse 16 to 17. But of course, uh, the entire message is actually building up from chapter 10, verse 1. And uh, of course, you, you, there is no way you can jump to chapter 10, verse 16 to 27, which is our key text, uh, without uh, looking back into verse 1 of chapter 10, uh, which goes uh, through up to verse 14. And of course, uh, in chapter 10, uh, verse 1, we see that now it came about when Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured Ai and had utterly destroyed it, just as he had done to Jericho and its king. So he had done to Ai and its king, and that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made a peace with Israel and were within their land. So that he feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, because it was greater than I, and all its men were mighty. So therefore, verse 3, Adon Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent a word to Oham, king of Hebron, and to Piram, king of Jamuth, and to Japhia, king of Lachish, and to Debi, king of Egron, saying, Come up to me and help me, and let us attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the sons of Israel. So you see, from that verse 1, you, you get the building of the story before we come to our key text, which is from verse 16 to 27. Because in verse 16 to 27, we are given a narrative of the victory by Joshua and all the Jews at Makeda, the victory they had over the alliance that you have read about from verse 1, the alliance that was called upon by the king of Jerusalem. Out of fear, he called for alliance of these other four kings, and all of them were five, and they are planning to attack. So they are planning to attack Gibeon, and and so out of this alliance, they move as a team, and the intention is to make sure that they attack Gibeon. Why? Because Gibeon had made a treaty had made signed an agreement with Joshua. And Gibeon actually signed that agreement. The men of Gibeon signed this agreement in fear because they had heard what Joshua with his troops had done to Ai and other cities. So they were certainly sure, they were terrified that Joshua would do the same to them. And so they pretended in some way they ended up doing a treaty so that Joshua would not destroy them as he's on his transition to the promised land. Joshua is engaging in wars of conquest. 
because Moses has handed over the leadership to the young yeah. man who has been under his mentorship and he is certainly sure that the Lord is going to use him and God has guaranteed victory to Joshua in the salutation notes of chapter 1 verse 1 up to verse around verse 15 you see the repetition of fear not as i was with moses so shall i be with you and so god keeps on emphasizing confidence in this young leader that he shouldn't fear but instead he should confidently look to god to give him victory and joshua has not wasted any time because immediately he leads the troops the priests and the warriors and the congregation miraculously they cross the jordan river and they began hitting on the heavy walls of jericho you know the narrative and then now he begins wars of conquest and it is Joshua that will also not only fight wars of conquest but will lead the settlement into the promised land of all the 12 tribes of Israel now as Joshua and the troops and the congregation are in the transition are trekking from wilderness and into the promised land one of the things that is required of them is to dispossess to dispossess i'm going to ask that mean to help, help some of the members who who's lines are unmuted because those reflections they they can they can divert my attention so the admin please help some of the members who might forget uh, so that we we are in harmony thank you so now joshua has a mandate he has a mandate what is the mandate the mandate is to make sure he fights wars of conquest at the same time settle the people and this is easier to say than actually to actualize it and therefore our topic comes over throwing the satanic gang why because the enemy will not easily let joshua and his troops and the congregation is the settle into their promises the enemy is going to emerge is going to make all the alliance the gang is going to come up to make sure god's promises do not come true upon joshua do not come true upon the, the troops do not come true upon the israel congregation and something you must also remember is that the people that joshua is leading as they are going into the promised land this is not the team that actually left egypt no 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 this is not the team you you must understand that the team that Joshua is leading now in two wars of conquest and settling them there isn't any of the elders that the first hand people that is that were rescued from Egypt from slavery no this is the younger generation because you very well know that the book of Joshua comes immediately after Deuteronomy So Joshua takes up his leadership immediately after Deuteronomy because in Deuteronomy this is some people call it the second law but Deuteronomy is not actually the second law Deuteronomy is the emphasis of the other laws that were stated of the narrative of the Pentateuch 
of the other first five books of Moses. So Deuteronomy is the emphasis of some of the instructions that were listed down from Leviticus, from Numbers, from Exodus, but also the emphasis on the Mosaic law. And therefore, it is not a new law. So when Moses had reread the Deuteronomy, when he had reread and re-emphasized the law, he's actually emphasizing the law to the young people, to the younger generation, the new generation, because the older generation, the older generation is perishing. None of them is going to cross into the promised land, including the old man, the great prophet of the time, Moses. You know the reason why he's not crossing. So when he had reread the instructions emphasizing the law, then he, God, buried him. Joshua and Joshua uh, is taking up the mantle of leadership. So it is from that point that Joshua now is crossing with the younger generation. The new generation which had received the emphasis of the law from Deuteronomy, because Moses reads them this law, they had not received the first law, the first law which he received at Mount Sinai. And the other narratives from Genesis, from Exodus, actually the bigger narrative on Exodus, this younger generation doesn't know. They do not know about all this. And therefore, he's emphasizing the law to them so that they do not lose track. And when God will have settled them in the future, they would not divert from the instructions and from the statutes of the Lord. And therefore, Joshua is crossing with the younger generation. It is actually Joshua and Caleb that survived. Therefore, he's crossing with this younger generation into the promised land. And therefore, when he had made alliance with Gibeon, and he's trying to scheme and strategize and organize how to proceed with wars of conquest, the enemy is not going to let him Israel conquer the land. He's not going to let him Israel take up his promises. Therefore, that's why it is necessary that the gang of the enemies must be overthrown. What is a gang? A gang is defined as a group of persons working to unlawfully or in an unsocial way do confusion and bring chaos. Number two, it is a group of persons having informal and usually close social relations. Now, I can zero on the definition number one, which says that a gang is defined as a group of persons working to unlawful or unsocial ends, because this is very relevant with the narrative that we are having in Joshua chapter 10. This matches the, 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 the story. It matches the events that we are seeing in, in, in Joshua chapter 10, where we see the alliance of these first five kings. The alliance is, is, is not on good terms. It is out of envy, malice, and, 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 and sabotaging God's mission. Now, how about overthrow? Overthrow means to remove forcefully from power, to bring down, but also overthrowing has a connection with corruption. Now, it is 
Very important, therefore, for each one of you, dear ladies and gentlemen and dear warriors, to beware of satanic guns deployed against you. Each one of us, there is a satanic gang that is being deployed against, especially if you are a believer. The moment you make the public proclamation and saying that you have achieved the new identity as stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, that as many have received him, they have been given the right to become the children of God. So the moment you declare that today, from today I am born again, you made that confession. You assume the new identity. You crossed from being a people of God, a person of God, to becoming a child. And therefore, that transition, it triggered satanic attention because Satan is waged the war to fight to make sure that that doesn't be real. That you fail, you lose, you are hindered, you fall back and forth, and possibly at the end, you give up. And so the enemy deploys. So it is important for you to be aware that the enemy has deployed against you in one way or another. And if you remember very well in Apostle Paul's concern as he was mentoring the young church at Ephesus, in chapter 6, he tries to remind them that they should be spiritually sensitive. From verse 10, he reminds them, for we do not wrestle against blood and flesh, but against powers, against rulers, against principalities, against authorities. He mentions that list from verse 10, 11, 12, and then the preceding verses up to 15. Now he gives a remedy of how to overcome these arrows, these arrows, the gangs of the enemy that are deployed against the church and against the believers. So he gives a remedy of putting on the full armor. But before he gives a remedy, he gives analysis of these gangs which are deployed heavily against us. And these forces are real, ladies and gentlemen. These forces are real. Satanic forces are real. You cross-check very well with your Bible in the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Get that narrative from verse 7. See that war that happened pre-time, the war that broke up in heaven. See how Satan the dragon was hauled out of heaven. That spiritual battle, that war that broke up, led by angel Michael, given all the power and the mandate by the Lord God Almighty to fight Satan and all other rebellious angels to be held out of heaven. And they were sent where? On earth. And these armies, the Bible says, a third of angels fell with Satan. And so this is the gang that is deployed every day, every against you. This is the gang that witch doctors, sorcerers, and wizards tap into through sacrifices and abnormal commitments to connect with these forces so that they manipulate them to hit you. They can connect through these forces and have covenant with the moon so that the moon which governs night, it governs and hits you. They make such sacrifices and covenants with the bigger the bigger object that controls the day, the sun, and through oaths and covenants and blood sacrifices, they can send enchantments over the sun so that its rays as they come in the morning, they come hitting you, fighting against you, never broadcasting your favor. So these are the gangs. But you know what? <laughs> the church is uh, 
Some church members are asleep. Some church members are asleep. Even to attend an online uh, overnight like this for, for at least three hours, it's hard. It's hard. Yet the people that are sacrificing to Satan, that are connecting with these rulers, principalities, and authorities, the authorities that reign in different layers of heavens, the, 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 the humans that are connecting with the enemy, they can spend a full night at a seashore doing some magic operations, some rituals, some sacrifices at hills, over the seas. Some people are that dedicated to Satan that they can get near the seashore and enchant some words and the forces of them may swallow them to the basement of the sea and they are rebaptized, they refired in satanic and demonic powers to come and do extraordinary things in physicality. And then the believers even connecting with God for like five hours in the night to be refined spiritually, to be returned, reset, revived and revitalized, revamped. It's hard. Overthrowing satanic gang is not a joke. It is easier to see than actually to participate in the overthrowing. I therefore want to appeal to us, ladies and gentlemen, in this very night, that may the Lord refire you, may the Lord reawaken your spiritual senses, and may the Lord multiply the spiritual anger in your heart, that you feel angry over the works of the enemy, over your life, over your children, over your finances, over your destiny. Many of you, your destinies have been buried and swallowed. And you're comfortable sleeping. You're comfortable with just all having, having just 2.5 million on your account. I'm not saying that we must be money-minded. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there are many of you who are destined to be successful in business-wise. There are many of you who are destined to be successful in taking up the political leadership of your nations. There are many of you that are destined to be successful in every aspect to have dominion cross-check with the Genesis. Chapter 1, verses 26, 7, and 8, and 9. You are mandated to have dominion. Men of your children of God, but your lives have been suffocated, hindered, and squeezed, and bottlenecked. You cannot operate through that unless you tap into the spiritual power. You need the divine power of God to connect into the divine presence of God to overcome. Certain gangs cannot easily be overthrown by just a simple portrayal of Christianity. It needs a divine touching. Now, let me tell you. Let me tell you, friends. It is going to take you to be a man and a woman who is going to seek God and then you'll be able to see God coming out for you, doing things in a supernatural way. Time has come. I want to appreciate the leadership at the cathedral. And I'm praying for the leadership in the church of Uganda, in the province of Uganda, in the province of East Africa, in the province of other African nations. Thank you, the leadership and the cathedral that you have given us the platform for the warriors, for the missionaries, for the children of God to grow into the spiritual warfare. 
This is what every church is all to do. Give a platform, a mentorship, a discipleship to the men and women who are going to fight wars at whatever level. If it is in the workplace that you mentor them, they fight wars, spiritual wars of dispossession at their workplaces, spiritual wars of dispossession in the business corridor, spiritual wars of dispossession in every sphere of the operation, at family level, spiritual wars of victory in every aspect. That's what every church is all to do. That's what every leader is all to do. That's what every archdeacon, every deacon, every provost, every bishop, every, every, those that are given offices of influence, that's what we want to do to use offices of influence to impart, to disciple, to mentor, to retreat and raise an army of God that is going to take the nations. May the Lord have mercy upon us, ladies and gentlemen, that we will rise up and progress. Therefore, Satan and all his agents, his army, are deployed against every believer. Papa said to do what? Satan deploys every against every believer. Papa said to do three or four things. Number one, to hinder your progress into your promise, to derail and sludge your spiritual growth, and if possible, number three, to defect the assurance of your salvation and divert your eternal destiny. Now, point number one, Satan is deployed to hinder your progress into your promise. Each one of you, there is an eternal promise that was set for you. You look at the young man, Jeremiah, when God called him and he was giving all those excuses. God brings the element of predestination and the prior knowledge of God for each one of us. Our pre-existence idea into the bigger mind of God. Say, before your formation into your mother's home, I called you and I predestined you to be the prophet of the nations. And this statement is not narrowly pointed to Jeremiah. I believe it is a general illustration of how God deals with us. As believers, we do not, we were not born by, by circumstances. We, we do not exist by chance or luck. There's nothing like that. We are eternally planned and brought forth to participate into the economic operations of God to execute and implement particular eternal purposes in our lifetime, space, and time. Those of you who recently followed my narrative, my testimony, which I shared recently with the Farida at NTV, I was giving the detail of my past. And someone might say, but you, you, you were born outside the, the, the official marriage. You, your mom was a second wife, and what, what, and what not. Could that be divinely decreed by God? Are you loved by God? La, 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 la. You, you can mention that. Now, if you want to promote that argument, then even you as a Gentile, you never existed in the mind of God because God was looking at Israel. So if you want to promote that argument, then it loses from that point. 
if the Gentiles were grafted unto the main branch by grace, so even me, no matter my past, no matter your past, how Jew were born, no matter how the world is going to interpret you, some people are going to judge you, some people are going to try to, try to define you, basing on social orders and social definitions, it may never work that way. My definition and their definition is eternally pre-described and predetermined. And one of the things that I was a person of a time they might be misunderstood, and a time the enemy might use a group around me, oppress me down to future me to frustrate me. Nevertheless, the one who called you, the one who calls us, is faithful. That's what David talked about in Psalm 23, verses 4. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thy staff and thy rod, they do comfort me. Now, this also, it should be a signal that as much as God calls us and gives us the mission of of overthrowing satanic gangs around us, sometimes it is going to be tough. Sometimes you are going to seem as though you have lost it. You are drawn into a particular valley. And you feel like you look around left and right, back and forth, and things are suffocating. Things are tough and tight. And the words around you are that discouraging. But you must be re-motivated and refined, revived and re-energized by the scriptural statements, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because your presence is with me. His presence is with us, ladies and gentlemen. I could be speaking to somebody right here. You are going through a particular situation. You are going through a particular persecution. You are going through a particular trial. The Lord is with you, even in your very times, because the Lord of the mountain is the Lord of the valleys. I have seen that. Recently, I received calls of about, about, about 20 or so people. Someone like, oh, Musumba, it seems someone is fighting you. There's a particular situation I was and they are trying to sympathize with me. I said, hey, you don't have to sympathize with me. The Lord of the mountain, even when I'm at the mountain, he is the same God of the valley. Whether I seem to be holding a bigger position or not, I am still executing the mission of my father who calls me. You could be fought in one way or another, but even then I want to encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, don't lose the focus of the one calling you. Satanic gangs are going to merge every day. They will merge. When you follow the entire narrative, there are times when Joshua's troops would be pursued, and it feels as if God who promised him that I will be with you, fear not, it will feel like he was lying. But many times when he saw to the face of God possibly, there was a need to rectify. God still gave him victory over his enemies. So God has promises that he has set for you. Number two, even when they may want to drill and sluggish your spiritual growth, continue tapping into his promises. Like Joshua kept on. He was never moved by the numbers. 
regardless of the alliance that is made by the five kingdoms, five kings, five kingdoms, and five armies. Not only the number of Sirikara Abalunji, Ovakarako, Ovutan, or the Gata. Nayingi number, Bekusame Mundinga, Ngach Rukumi, to the number of your troops. And even then, the voice of God tells you, advance. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and if possible, the enemy want to make you lose it. Lose it and get your level so that you lose even the, the assurance of your salvation. That's why in Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, Jesus spoke to John while at the island of Basmoth and said, I am coming soon. Hold unto what you have so that no one will take your crown. Why? Because Jesus knows it and he knew it that it is the enemy's intention, if possible, to make some of us lose our crowns. The enemy is going to fight. To fight. Someone help us on that guy, mute him, admin, stay awake, please. So the enemy want to fight to make sure that he would even make us lose hope and lose connectivity with God, and then his gang takes over. So that's why Jesus tells John to write to the church and say, hold fast what you have, so that even the enemy would want to make you lose what you have, will have no way. So therefore, it is our responsibility, friends, as we maneuver through the gangs of the enemy, we must be awake. We must be awake. Awake in our faith. Awake in our prayer life. Hey, time has come for the church to stop operating in mediocrity. There is a, a, a particular priest who recently made a statement and said, you people, you don't have to pray so much. He holds a big position. Said you don't have to pray so much because God knows everything about you. You need just, even if you pray for one minute, God understands. I'm not saying that God only answers a prayer when you pray for a long time. But my friend, what does it mean when Jesus speaks to John and says, stay awake? You remember the other day when he went with the disciples at the mountain? when he was preparing for the execution and down payment of salvation, he took a few of them at the mountain in Luke chapter 22. And you remember the Bible says about a stone throw, he went ahead of them. And then he prayed and prayed. By the time he came back, he found the guys who were sleeping and snoring. And you know what he told them on verse 40? Say, hey, stay awake. Pray so that you may not enter into temptation. Ladies and gentlemen, for the Church of Uganda and for the Living Church of Christ, time has come for us to stop operating in superficial illustrations. We must operate in reality. If you are slow and you are lazy in prayer, do not promote your laziness in public using your position. Say prayer is good, me, I'm still learning and struggling, but don't try to, try to promote your wrong notion. There is no way we are going to overthrow satanic gangs if we are not speaking the voice, the power, and the tune of the scripture. If we want to divert the scripture, we must allow scripture to speak. So that scripture, scripture alone interprets scripture. 
not our minds, not our notions and our thoughts and our imaginations and our dreams, no. So Joshua together with the entire Israel, they were destined for about three or four things. They were destined for freedom. To be released from slavery to freedom. But they were also destined for worshiping their true and covenant God. Because when you see in Exodus chapter 9, verse 13, the Bible says, God said to Moses, get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh. Tell him, God, the God of Hebrews says, release my people so that they can worship me. You see, so they were destined to worship. Each one of you are destined to have freedom. Because you, you know again the, the, the scripture in John 10, 10, that the enemy comes still kill and destroy. But part B of verse 10, it, it gives us our opportunity and, and, and the right we have that Jesus came that they may have life and have it in abundance. That life in abundance is a picture of freedom. So even you, you are destined for freedom. But the enemy, the thief will fight. We'll fight to weaken your prayer life. We'll fight to, to bring temptations of sin before you. We will fight to bring the, the, the essence of inefficiency. We will fight, we'll fight to, to bring a grumbling life and a grumbling heart. The enemy will fight who is a thief. We'll fight even to discourage you from reading the Bible, taking your daily devotions. He will discourage you to observe the three Ds. You know the three Ds? The three Ds in discipleship are disciplined daily devotions. So the enemy will fight to make sure that even you are not disciplined in terms of spirituality. He will fight to steal the, 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 the opportunity and the life of being a disciplined believer. He makes you quarrelsome. He makes you shouting. He makes you jealousy. You jealousy others' gifts and competencies. He tries to brag, to use you to blackmail others, to pull them down. You are a PhD holder who pulls everybody down. There are people around us who are PhD holders. Their mission is to pull others down, blackmail, give a report, a wrong report of them, exaggerate small things to hit them. Nevertheless, we have to press on. So each one of us, we are given freedom. Each one of us, we have a right to worship a true, a true God. And number three, Joshua, together with the entire Israel, they were also distinct to possess and overthrow and overpower their enemies. While emphasizing the law in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 23, Moses stated that, then the Lord would drive out all these nations larger and stronger than you. So he mentioned it while he was emphasizing the law in Deuteronomy. He mentioned it to Joshua and to the younger generation. So they were destined to dispossess. But now this alliance is coming to hinder the, the promise. Even you, friends, there are so many promises God has given you. But the enemy is going to fight to make sure that these promises are never tangible. Many of you, many of you, your destinies have been corrupted. Many of you, your promises, if you have fought so hard, you have achieved about 35% of your promises. And unfortunately, for some of us, when you receive like 35%, you feel like you are on the top of the game. No, no. 
Believe God for a hundred percent realization of all your promises. Believe God for that. There are some of you Christian children of God. God has given you some opportunities. Exploit. Exploit. Always look for efficiency. Look for perfection. Look for the best. Always aim higher because the God who calls you is a God of excellence. Look for the excellence. Don't settle for less. I'm not saying be anxious and be materialistic, material-minded, but also materials are godly. We have many billionaires who are, who are Muslims. We have many millionaires who are engaged in business and they are successful. They are taking government contracts. They are trading from abroad and they do not know God. They are using their finances to promote evil. How I pray for those of you who are engaging in business, may the Lord bless your hands that you will excel and become a powerful business tycoons in this country. Those who are working with the government, I call for anointing of favor and wisdom and excellency that in your faithfulness, God will raise you to higher ranks to influence policies and programs for the extension of God's kingdom. Those of you who are pastors and priests, may the Lord raise you to positions of influence that your ideas will bring revival and restoration. Those of you who have Christian virtues and values, may the Lord raise you, give you marriages, that you're going to build a marriage that is going to be a standard and an encouragement and an inspiration to the young people and others around you. There are people who have opportunity to marry and to be married, and they demonstrate a wrong picture of marriage. Have dominion. The Lord promises us excellency to dispossess and overthrow. So he tells them, yes, you dispossess these nations. But lastly, they were also destined for settlement because God had intended to settle them into this land of milk and honey. I want to pray that the Lord will settle many of you. There are some of you, you are still trekking. When actually it is the season for you to settle, you are still trekking and moving. The enemy has stolen your seasons because sometimes you have failed to discern the seasons out of the laziness that the enemy has sown in our lives. You get in a season when you are supposed to be at a particular level, but you are in a far behind scale. A far behind scale. And sometimes it's because of the satanic gangs deployed over you. Some of you are working in organizations, in places, in businesses, and according to some divine calendar, you should have been at a particular rank and level. And I know even me, some have been fought by the gang in one way or another, financially, in ministry influence and positioning and what. But nevertheless, you and I have the reason to stay awake and fight to redeem the time. To redeem. To redeem the time. Some of you are operating at a lower scale, yet God has given you all the potential. We pray for God's wisdom. We pray for God's favor. We pray for God's positioning. And we pray for God's lifting upon each one of you in the name of Jesus. Say amen wherever you are. May the Lord do something new in your circles. May the Lord do something new in your spiritual life. May the Lord do something new. May he do it. So, they were destined for settlement. 
Therefore, friends, the gang alliance of the five kings in Joshua chapter 10 is actually not a fight against Gibeon. When the king of Israel invites these other four kings to attack Gibeon, he's not actually attacking Gibeon. It is a satanic move of sabotage, masking behind the five kings to directly attack and fail Israelites and Joshua from expressing their freedom, worshiping their true God, dispossessing the land, and settling. So these guys are masking behind attacking Gibeon, but they are attacking Joshua and Israel. Because had they defeated Gibeon, then this would have given them a momentum to press harder and begin on Israel and Joshua. Adon Zedek, king of Jerusalem, invited the kings of the Amorites, the king of Hebron, the king of Jamuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Hebron. And verses 5 of chapter 10 shows us how these five kings allied all their armies against Gibeon. They gathered together and went up to fight against Gibeon. You can imagine such an alliance, a level of alliance so huge. So huge and so large. There are many times in your lives, ladies and gentlemen, when you have also been attacked in much more bigger way than this. There are so many satanic alliances that emerge against us. How many of you listening to this sermon, you are married, and you are saying that from the day we exchanged our vows, everything has been good. The enemy fights marriage relationships so intensely that you wouldn't want to have one survive. How many of you were employed in a particular organization and oh, everything is running okay? There is a little bit of some gang deployment and alliance. Even when you're faithful, even when the enemy fights, if he doesn't blackmail in one or another, he raises jealousy and marries among your fellow colleagues, co-workers. Or maybe someone will begin using witchcraft against you. These days here, witchcraft at workplaces is real. And I sympathize with some of us who just go to a workplace, you enter the office and just sit without prayer. We are living in evil days. Those of you are engaging in the business, let me tell you, witchcraft is extremely, very real in the business. Some gang alliance. Gang alliance. Someone can back marry a business because they wake up and smoke and enchant and use demonic enchantment. And for some of us, just wake up and just open. You hardly even set a day for fasting for your business. How many of you are in business? Do find a moment to fast for your business. Some of the items they trade. workers to seek for change in from the neighborhood at your shop so that they get the real money from your hands and they take that money as in kwaso to enemy to blackmail you and to steal opportunity and they use enchantment and witchcraft. And they thrive, they have traded their souls to the enemy. And where are they born again? 
even to close for a, a shop to go for a midweek service or for a Sunday service at all sense or whatever for 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 two hours you feel like you're cheated you do not want to sacrifice for God you cannot even spend three days in prayer and fasting for your business for your children for your marriage for your farms some of you your animals in the farms are dying day in and day out but where's what went far what went busy far there is a particular month where you know or a particular season where you know my animals are going to die. I'm going to make laws. In this season, I'm going to have issues because there is a particular season when a particular sickness attacks you. There is a particular season when a particular issue, negative issue, is consistent in your life. And what are you doing about it? Bebasi, bataneko blanket ne bedi kava, bataneko esi oba fan. Barumkwe uja uja, we uja. And then they just want to come for a short prayer. Oh, Reverend Hillary, pray for me. Oh, Provost, ah, Musumba, come, come, please appoint me. Come and pray to my house, my friend. You must carry your own cross and follow Christ. You must cover your own cross. You remind me of this story. <laughs> there were a particular nation and a prophet Yajanawa narrative, Nawa story. Nagamba God has said, All of you, you should leave this country because God is going to destroy it because of its sin. Run from this country and go to another land. In the neighborhood kingdom, but also to be able to survive, each one of you make a big cross and put it on your back. Who is ready to carry the cross? People want easy life and cheap Christianity, cheap everything. Some people don't want even to support ministry and give someone putting out like 10 million dollars work and survival taro. They just want to bring him to a town. You just want to put out 500,000. Some of us are not faithful in tithing and sowing the seed into the kingdom. So these people, they refused. There are only two men who decided to run off from that country and spitting that what the, the prophecy that was given, it would actually come true. So they ran, they are carrying their crosses, but it was not easy. So they walked through the jungle, they walked through hardships. So at some point, some other man said, oh, why? Let me reduce. He got a jambia. He got a panga and chopped down up both sides so that the cross became a little bit smaller and light so that he carried it easily. The other one said, the prophet said we should not cut the cross. He carried it. They walked and walked. And at some distance, this one said it is still heavy. He chopped down on the top, on the other side and the other side. He chopped. It kept so as they moved and the days passed and they were getting hungry and there were no food and panting and this fellow kept on chopping. The next state that he came at some point, he said, oh, Why? People, people seeing us carrying the crosses, they are mocking us. I'm going to do something. So he chopped his small that small, his cross that small that it was tiny to put in the pocket. So both of them kept working. They are with his bigger cross. But this one with a tiny cross, and they walked, and they walked, and they walked. And the other one kept a small cross in his pocket, and he walked easily. 
chimp kushante chimp face nominalism and then finally the days were coming to an end and the entire country caught fire and they looked bad and they saw fire so they ran and before they crossed to another kingdom where they were going to settle between this kingdom that is catching fire and the other kingdom where they were going there was a big river and then the instruction was given clear that this cross would be the one to repeat to cross the river to go to the other country so this man with his tiny cross he tried to put it in the river the river swept it away because it was tiny but this other guy put his cross on this end of the river released it to fall over across the river because it was still long he stepped over the cross and crossed to the other direction and the cross vanished and this guy could not cross the river fire came and found him at that point he perished with the rest of the nation and his countrymen cheap christianity the wrong theology that jesus yes it is true theology that jesus died for us all and he took our curses away but it is wrong theology that we do nothing about it it's wrong theology very wrong in the year 20 2015 there is a friend of mine from austria whom i had baptized This lady she had traveled to Uganda from Austria by then I was working with the vision uh, I was working with the vision of Africa in the year 2013 as I was a chaplain of Vision for Africa International in Mkono Chiyunga working under the supervision of bishop his grace Luko Romi and with mama Maria so I was a pastor of that big organization so there is a lady who came from Austria and while I was pastoring in the chapel she accepted Christ she was a roman catholic and she said reverend i would want to be baptized so at vision for africa we had a swimming pool i took her to the swimming pool baptized her and she wanted me to make five baptism certificate and i gave her and she said she'll go back and tell the reverend she will not go back to the roman catholic but the reverend of anglican church until how she's now born again and transition so we exchanged contacts and time passed that was in 2013 so 2015 when i had left vision for africa and i was a pastor of st janan room church in kawaragara she sent me a message and she says reverend uh, i would want to bless you how can i bless you she said bless me as the lord guides you and so this lady she says i'm going to use western union i'm sending you some money in 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 in, in, in that local currency in in austria and so she sent me that money And then she said go to Western Union and she told me this password and this information that you need to give him. And so by the time I went to Western Union and I gave the information money was there translated in local currency about 3.5 Uganda shillings. Now listen when she gave me the instruction and the password and the information and that she tells me and I would see on my internet it money reflected and she said the money is in the system go and pick it if i didn't go and put the information and withdraw the money would i have gotten that money no jesus has deposited victory for us yes he died once for all he took our curses and our transgressions away oh yes 
he became a curse so that he became a blessing. Yes, but the truth we have a role and a responsibility. Don't be too lazy. You sleep and you do nothing. You are not praying. You are you are walking in errors and in sins. You are not even repenting. You you are not a worshiper. You you are just there. You have contributed nothing towards the kingdom business, and you are just there. You have a role. Get up, walk, go to the bank, put in the card, go to the bank, give information, withdraw. There is a deposited victory for each one of you, whether in the area of marriage, in the area of relationship, in the area of academic performance for you, for your children. You need to pray and speak and withdraw that victory. Financial victory, every victory is deposited so that we dismantle and smash the gangs of Satan. But you can't do that with the laziness. Laziness. The Bible condemns laziness. And there is a lot of spiritual laziness among the believers. May the Lord have mercy upon us. May the Lord have mercy upon us that we overcome this spiritual sluggishness. So these guys gathered together to strike. The forces that are attacking you are not small forces. Some of you are battling with the alliance of forces from, for example, if you are married, you are from a family that was struggling in marriage relationships, program as a background, and then your wife you are marrying also is from a background where they don't get married. She's the only one who has had a wedding ring, or even you are still struggling, the wedding ring is not coming. And these alliances from her family and from your family, and these alliances are real. But what are we doing? To look peanut butter, bread, blue band, or chicken backs and chicken wings. <laughs> My friend. <laughs> Time has come for us to get out of any laziness. Time has come for us get in your room, walk around and pray. If you have a compound, utilize that compound, walk into your compound and make some prophetic proclamations. Ladies and gentlemen, the time of ignorance, the days of ignorance and days of laziness, let them end, let them go. Be a man who prays. Be a woman who prays. Be a man and a woman whose spiritual senses are not dead, whose spiritual senses are awake, whose spiritual senses are properly working. I know a little bit of the mechanics. Think about 60% into mechanics. Much of the things on my car, I fix them myself. Now, this car has, different, has got different sensors. There is what we call fuel sensor, vacuum sensor, what? So there are different sensors. For example, if the fuel and the vacuum sensors are dead, your car is, the computer is going to get wrong information to send too much fuel into the chamber, and then you're ending up consuming a lot of fuel. And the, the, the system for the engine, it will just burn that much fuel that is released on the wrong information because fuel sensors and vacuum sensors are not functional. So it, it receives too much fuel, and in the process, it will try to burn it, and this combustion will not be complete. No wonder you end up having black fume in your exhaust. 
This is it when our spiritual senses are dead and not working properly. We are going to waste resources. We are going to lose our opportunities. We are going to spend unnecessarily. Oh, how I pray this night, ladies and gentlemen, that the Lord will awaken our spiritual senses. So these guys gathered together, like the enemy's gathering has been gathering. Many of you have been hit badly because of these satanic gangs and alliances. Baba wovira garamuchai jemunwa baba rozero ze baba rozero ze mugifts zebawade gifts za sente gifts zengoye gifts zerintu nebasoka nebabuwonga yo eri mu masabo nebachikuretiranga gift na yenga chiwonge eri stani and some of us because our spiritual senses are not functional we hardly discern we think this is love and there is an attachment in your finances in your business in your family and these things hit you badly Hit you badly. The gangs are real, ladies and gentlemen. Very real. If not a physical gang of accusation, blackmail, a spiritual gang of witchcraft and, and, and divination and all these things. That's why the Bible says on verse 5 that they gathered. Gathering in Hebrew Greek primitive definition, it, it, it means this word gathered has a primitive meaning of gathering to take away. Gathering to remove, to destroy, correcting armies for fighting, refers to death and burial, consume and destroy. So these guys, when they gathered, they didn't just gather for gather, they gathered to destroy Israel and keep you on. And on verse 6, <laughs> when the men of Gibeon saw the alliance, Thank God they were able to interpret that this alliance is not an ordinary one. It is coming to eliminate us. So when they saw that, do you know what they did? On verse 6, when they saw that alliance, immediately they did something. Let me read there. Then the men of Gibeon sent a word to Joshua, to the camp at Gilgo, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. You see, they realized they needed an upper hand. And do you know why they are doing that? Because they had previously they had previously entered into an agreement, into a treaty. So when the men of Gideon had interpreted properly the meaning of the alliance and possibly having understood the effect of the content of this military alliance, they discerned and were aware of their state and the extent of their security vulnerability. Thus, appealed to Joshua and all Israel for help. And on verse 6 where it says, come and save us, help us. It is out of the treaty which they had made in chapter 9, verse 15. The treaty relationship between Gibeon and Israel allows Gibeon to appeal for help from Israel. So this aspect of human covenant illustrates the aspect of covenant between God and his people. Because in chapter 9, verse 15, these guys had made alliance with Israel. So when they are confronted by the alliance of the satanic gang, they are able to allude and seek for help. In the same way, friends, when we are in covenant, when we are in treaty with Christ, 
and we are confronted by these gangs, then we have a baseline, a base. We have a ground to appeal to God, to come and restore us. So therefore, it is important that we make a treaty with God. There are some Christians by baptism and confirmation. When they are confronted by gangs, they will just run to God in prayer. You don't just call Joshua for help as Gibeon if you were never in a treaty covenant. Because they had made the treaty and Joshua had agreed he would protect them. Therefore, it is on that basis that when the garden emerges, that they run to him and Joshua has no choice but to come and defend them. And he came. Ladies and gentlemen, we must be born again. We must confess Christ. We must be in a treaty with God. So that, that is a basis for us to call God. We are not strangers. We are known to him. Then he'll come also and defend us because we are in a treaty. And now that you are in a treaty, when you are attacked, run to God. Run to God. Confidently knowing that this Joshua picture is able to defend you. So run to God. The overthrow of the satanic gang at Makeda like we see from verse 16 to 27, had been guaranteed by God to Joshua in verse 8. Because when Joshua asks God, God had already spoken to him in verse 8. Where is verse 8? He says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. No one of them shall stand before you. So, the entire narrative that happens from verse 16 to verse 27 it has been guaranteed. Victor has been guaranteed from verse 8. God has said, go and strike that alliance. And I want to speak to you this night, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Get up, go and attack. And in the next few minutes, I want you to get up in your room, move around, make a prophetic confrontations and proclamation. Government will alliance you now, you now, you never devour Kusokunumba. Alliance him is Mijogavu. Alliance him is Mijota Fumbula. Alliance him is Mijota Wasta. Alliance him is Mijadibu Fumbulangi. Alliance him is Zimu. Everybody, my business, a Yogavu. Alliance him is Zima. Now, Abakuroga. Nebakuroga in your business, Nebakuroga financially. What way is Zimu, Nebakuroko Karako? If you have a very woman, so that satanic mission of gang is accomplished. So a time has come for you to stand and call upon Joshua, call upon your God, who is the command of his army, because Joshua was the command of God's army. So now Joshua was a picture of Christ and a picture of God himself. So arise and call on Christ, call on Jesus, who is the Yeshua, call on God, who commands his army. Call on him and then he'll come and dispatch and destroy the gang of the alliance of the enemy that has been staged against you. Arise. So the overthrow of the Satan gang at Makeda has been guaranteed in that verse 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So don't fear. Do you know why God is saying don't fear? Because fear is a terrible thing. Fear means to revert, to be frightened and holding in esteem. So God is saying, do not revert the enemy. He's saying, do not be frightened. He's saying, do not hold in esteem that alliance. 
because of fear you might hold it in esteem. Thus, friends, God commands Joshua and Israel not to revert the enemy, not to be frightened by the alliance. And this is the same word that the Lord is speaking to you. Don't fear. Some of you have been recently battling through very, very complicated alliances. At times, you will be surrounded and encircled by particular alliances. Some sort of satanic gangs and humanly, you will mostly drown into the temptation of feeling inefficient and insufficient. You will feel like taking off. Feelings of fear will be inevitable. There are those moments when you get or you feel as though you can't overthrow such gangs. Therefore, regardless of all the satanic guns fashioned against you, I want to call you to put your trust and confidence in the Lord God Almighty, who is the commander yeah, no, 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 no. of air forces, who is the commander in chief of the land forces, who is the commander in chief of the marine forces, also at the chamber. Also, at the chambers, somebody please mute your, your, your microphones. Also, at the chambers said that God can do nothing for me until I recognize the limits of what is humanly possible, allowing him to do the impossible. Allow God to do the impossible tonight. As I draw to conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, time has come for you to put on the weapons, to invite God to fight. And God guarantees you not to fear that you will overcome that gang. Overthrowing the satanic gang around us requires total dependence on God. Verse 11, God released the hailstones from heaven and he hit the enemy. Joshua advanced with his troops and killed many soldiers. They fled. The five kings took off, their forces took off. And Joshua came and killed one by one. He prayed and said, let the sun stand still. And the Bible says the sun stood almost for a full day. And he stabbed and killed many. And the few who ran, the Lord released the hailstones from heaven. And the Bible says those who were killed by hailstones were outnumbering those who were killed by Joshua. I love how God can fight. May the Lord release hailstones from above to hit every demon, to hit every alliance, to hit every witchcraft, to hit every satanic forces that have been deployed against you, that none of them will escape. May the Lord release every strike forth, strike to death, every alliance and gang of Satan that has been staged against your finances, that has been staged against your marriage, that has been staged against your relationship, that has been staged against your employment, that has been staged against your business, that has been staged against your farms and animals, hey, that has been staged against your children, that has been staged against your performance and the performance of your children, some of you, the enemy has stolen the seriousness in your children that some of them are not serious in their studies. The enemy is using such studio finances. May the Lord release hailstones over your enemies and hit them badly. Hallelujah. God released hailstones and it hit many of them. This reminds me 
it was in the year 20, around 2005. I had just come to Christ in 2005. I was on fire. So I would leave my school and I go to the hill in the neighborhood. I spend a full night in the caves praying. I was trying to picture Christ praying on the caves. You know, I loved the lifestyle of Christ. So because I was young in faith and misguided somehow, I would spend the whole night shouting at the hill, shouting for the community people. I had the right motive, but misguided. Because I could go on the mountain and I pray without necessarily shouting for the community. Because I remember I would shout on the top of my voice in the night. I shout the whole night. And so some members in the community hired two boys to come and hit me with the stones so that they throw me away from that hill. So in this particular night, it was around 3 a.m. I would leave after prep, I would go to the hill from 10 until morning. I had the right motive, but I needed to be guided. So they sent these two boys, and these two boys came to me around 3 a.m. So they rotated the other side of the mountain and went to the top and picked stones and threw stones to kill me. And somehow I dived into the cave and the stones would roll over me without, you know, striking me. And then I would pray now silently without shouting for the community. But anger rose in my spirit and I started praying. I said, God, arise and strike any enemy that is doing such. So the next day I went to school and after parade, two boys came to me. They were ahead of me in class. They are big boys. They came to me. They knelt before me. And they started confessing. They said, Pastor, forgive us. First, forgive us before we tell you what we did. I said, what did you do? And these are boys kneeling. It's not easy for Banyango to kneel, especially men. These boys were kneeling before me. I was a fellow student. I was a pastor. They were calling me pastor because I was an evangelist. And they are saying, first, forgive us. Then we tell you. So I touched their heads and I forgave them. And then they told me when they were on their knees. They said, last night we had the very people who were throwing stones at you. And today we are coming home to school on a bicycle. A truck hit us down. If we didn't fall on the other side, it was going to crush us. And we are sure it is your God that is attacking us. Please forgive us. Tell God not to kill us. And I prayed for them. And then they went. When the scripture gives us the mandate that the Lord will not abandon us. It is true. In Luke 10, 19, when we are given a mandate that we are given power to trample over scorpions and over the power of the enemy, of the enemy. It is true. When Jesus tells the apostles in the mandate of commission, Matthew 28 from 16, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. He sends them in that much authority. It is true of us. Arise and confront the gang. Ask God and the blessed Holy Spirit to give you grace not to be lazy, but to be a fighter, to be a warrior. Train your children to fight spiritual wars. Teach your children to exercise the spiritual discipline of fasting. Don't overpamper your children with all oh, hot dogs, what not. I'm not saying don't give them, but let that be a day when they know we can at least fast for six hours a day. Build a good foundation. Teach your children, because if you don't teach them to fight these spiritual wars, 
Their future is going to be more deadly. The gangs are going to be more complex than the gangs you're negotiating and maneuvering through in your season, in your generation, and in your time. Let's fight wars and teach our families to fight wars. Let's do that. Even when it doesn't seem comfortable, put an instruction for them to observe certain things. This is training. Training is never sweet. But little children, at some point when we started on fasting, I, I, I had had the disagreement with my beloved wife. She was feeling for the children, but I insisted, as long as I'm the head of this family, I'm the leader, and you are submitting to my leadership, we are going to fast for six hours with the children. For us adults, we shall go ahead, but children, including the Joshua that was breastfeeding by then, there shall be no breastfeeding until midday, from morning until midday. And over time, they have now come to understand it and to get it. <laughs> Let's train ourselves and train our children and our families. I locked the kitchen so that no access of anything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And therefore, overthrowing satanic gangs of friends, it is not easy. It's not in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 2. It says, I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in the pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. So this promise is there for you and for me. So let us arise and fight through, ladies and gentlemen. And verses 24 and 25, when these kings, the five kings had freed, they hid in the cave. And when in the cave, Joshua sent the forces, they brought them out. And when they were brought out, let me read these last verses, verse 24 and 25. And it came about when they brought these kings out of to Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, come near, put your feet on their necks, chapter 10, verse 24. And then said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came near and put their feet on their necks. Joshua then said to them, do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. For thus says the Lord, you will do to all those enemies with whom you fight. Now, before we pray, I want to let you know why the reason Joshua asked these chiefs of the Gibeonites to put their feet on the necks of the kings. Putting the, their feet on the necks of the kings, this is a vivid symbol, a ritual of victory that they had had victory over the enemies. And they had not only had victory over the soldiers, but including the commandants who are the kings. Because the king, the president, is the commander-in-chief. Now, this is also a metaphorical illustration that the chief enemy, who is Satan, he is defeated because Christ put his feet on him and through Christ will trample the head of the serpent. Because the prophecy in Genesis 3.15 illustrated that, that the, the offspring of a serpent would strike the heel of the offspring of a woman, but the offspring of a woman would crush the head of the serpent. And now chiefs are putting their feet in the necks of the kings, which means Christ who calls us, he gives us power to triumph over the satanic gangs, we shall crush their necks, we shall crush their heads. 
the life of the snake is in the head and the life of the human person you step on his neck you suffocate him and you kill him therefore they stepped over their necks suffocating them to become lifeless and they died he hung them on five trees and in the evening they were buried in the cave and no one has entered that cave to that day to this very day therefore this is hope that Christ and our God who is the commander of the army of his forces he will fight for us Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 3 he says no therefore today that he who goes before you as consuming fire is the Lord your God he will destroy them and subdue them before you so you shall drive them out before you and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you i want you to take a minute in prayer before i hand over and to pray with you i want to pray with you before i hand over that may the lord wherever you are just get up get up in your room i know we have someone who is going to take us in more time of intercession but in this prophetic anointing let me first pray with you get up wherever you are just get up just stand up unless you have a health problem that you must stay seated get up and i want us to pray in the next about 2 3 minutes i want us to pray prophetically through the scripture that may the lord arise and fight for you in the name of jesus just get up and and follow me as i pray with you and as i pray for you also follow him i want you to hint on those areas where you know you have some little bit of the crew that there is a satanic gang in this area of my life just get up as i pray and also be praying pinpointing directly in that area call for the hailstones from heaven to strike in the name of jesus father in the name of jesus lord of heaven i want to thank you for this moment that you have given us thank you for giving us the grace to prevail to this hour thank you for every man that has prevailed to this very moment oh we worship you we bless you, our rock and our redeemer and father i pray that you who came and fought for joshua you came and fought for israel you came and fought for gibeon lord in this night i want to bring to your servant your god the men and women that have sacrificed their moment tonight seeking you in the middle of this very night lord you said it in your word that whoever seek after you they shall find you that whoever knock the door shall be open for them lord may your presence lord may your power descend upon every household descend upon every individual descend upon every home that is represented at this forum in the name of jesus may your power descend oh god may your spirit descend oh god may the heavenly authority and army be discharged and be deployed accordingly any form of satanic gangs that have been fashioned against this man that have been fashioned against this woman lord let them be abrogated lord let them be confused in the name of jesus may the terror of the lord descend upon every satanic gang the satanic gang of demons ancestral spirits every snakes and serpents every power of witchcraft every power of divinations every evil blackmails and alliances that have been fashioned against any of these your children let them be scattered in the name of jesus let the angel of terror descend upon every satanic gang that has been fashioned against you 
let the terror of God descend upon that satanic gang that it will be hindered and broken it will be hindered and broken I call the eternal fire of God to descend upon every satanic camp that has been fashioned against every witchcraft and divination that has been thrown against your business that has been thrown against your finances that has been thrown against your family that has been thrown against your children that has been thrown against your wife that has been thrown against your husband fire 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 remo sikayamo vekoyama seketa fire 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 in the name of jesus we destroy this grant yes go ahead and call fire call the fire of god to clear and check around to check your bank account to check your finances to check your fields to check your lives destroy out of you everything that is ungodly every agent of the enemy every traps of satan hey Let the fire of God burn from the top of your head to the bottom of your soul. Pull out of your system every evil plantation, every evil seed. The community of Wakatunda. Watcha, watcha, watcha. Watcha, watcha, watcha. Watcha, put your head your hand on your head and call fire to purge out of you anything that is ungodly let the fire of god cleanse you let the fire of god filter your soul filter your spirit filter your body from the top of your head to the bottom of your soul and pour out of your system Every evil plantation pour out of your life. Every evil plantation, Every cow spirit will crush it with its head, we crush it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, every cow spirit will crush your head, we break you into pieces, will trample you, every lion spirit that has been pursuing you, every snake, every serpent that has been attacking your bed, that has been attacking your life, that has been attacking your finances, fire, 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 fuma, to quarter, murio, to quarter, murio, fire, oh, mako sikata, abana wakatunumunji, I cover you under the coverage of the blood of Jesus. Your houses, I call for the blood of Christ on your doorposts, the blood of Jesus on your finances, the blood of Jesus on your investments, the blood of Jesus on your businesses, the blood of Jesus on your accounts, the blood of Jesus at your workplace, the blood of Jesus in your fields, the blood of Jesus upon your children, the blood of Jesus upon 
upon every area of your concern. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord refire you, revitalize you. Every king's spirit of alliance, may the Lord crush it and hang it up forever. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord release hailstones over every escaping spirit that it will be hindered through the dog, through the cats, through the rats. It will fall in accident. It will be hit by cars. It will be broken forever. It will never locate again. May the Lord put the wall of fire over your life. In the name of Jesus, may the wall of fire be raised upon you. May the power of God be raised upon you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Rock, our Redeemer. Be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.